Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hour number two of 25 hours of live radio. MP on the mic, AWOD radio. Taking you inside the big game. It's Bud Light Big Game Week in Richmond, Virginia, in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's where we're at, Mandalay Bay Convention Center, within shouting distance of Allegiant Stadium, the home of this year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the Niners. We'll be here all week. Lots of great guests. Uh, Albert Breer just said hey on his way over. All the all the stars are starting to roll in here. We'll get them some headsets here as we roll on. Uh, if you're on the podcast, you'll hear our interviews from the first hour later. Um, I don't know, uh, JC and Megan, if you guys had a chance to listen to that. That's the grumpiest guy we've ever had on. I kind of I kind of liked it. That was kind of wild. Um, I, don't I like think how he, gruff he was. He, he, he was, yeah. Do, do you like pinball? Do you like do you like sports? You talk about sports all day. Do you go home and watch sports? Like, well, <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. You kind of have I, to. Yeah. Like, I mean, your whole life's pinball. Uh, like, I don't know. I did, Far be it for me to suggest you might like pinball machines. Uh, <laughs> that was a new one. That he was, was a delight. One. He was an absolute delight. <laughs> He was. Uh, and we have Maria Konnikova. Uh, she's a best-selling New York Times author turned professional poker player. Um, I loved my favorite part of that interview. She said, you know, the professional poker players in Las Vegas, they study where the what hotels are having conventions, where people are. Like, where can they go to identify me, basically, people like me? Right. Uh, and, and take our like there's no accident like you're not they're not accidentally sitting down at a table with you oh no um, they're intentionally thought, taking your money they yep. are um i thought that was i thought she was great though and and encouraged like she was the opposite of of tim he she was she was like upbeat and positive she made, made me feel good uh i like that so say need a little bit you requested a stub and yeah. a stub we produced he all right here. uh so, so here's the deal. It's been a it's been a crazy weekend. We'll get back to VCU. You are uh, tons of thoughts about Ben Johnson uh, and, and the drama of the weekend. Uh, commanders playing in the mud again, as they did for 24 years. Very disappointing. Uh, I was at the RVA Sports Awards Saturday night. Great event there after a after a sold out Siegel Center night. It was a very good day. But uh, look, it's the Monday show. We got a lot to catch up on. I want to rewind to Friday because uh, Friday was a good show. Uh, now, first off, on Friday we announced, and I haven't like blasted this everywhere yet we announced that i signed a two-year contract to do this show uh right here on 910 the fan 1051 fm which is awesome we started this in september uh, i had no clue if this would become anything if, if anybody would want to listen to me tell my stories for a couple hours a day uh the answer has been a resounding yes which makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside uh the station felt warm and fuzzy so they they backed up the Brinks truck, and, uh, and we're going to do this for two more years. So it was a great day Friday. And uh, our, our boss, Zach McHugh, came into the studio, and you know, we were yapping with AWOD, and he was down at River City Roll. On, on Fridays, he rolls down at the bowling alley. And a couple weeks earlier, he had challenged me to a bowl-off. Uh, I lost by three pins. I, I, it wasn't my best outing. I knew that. I said, I'm, I'm coming back. What happened was... Uh, AWOD beat me 107 to 104. Look, I'm, I'm ashamed to say those words on the radio. That I bowled 104. <laughs> Before I left River City Roll that day, I fired the machine back up. I put a 138 on the board. I said, I just want you to stare at this for the rest of your show. Know what's coming your way soon. Uh, <laughs> so Zach McHugh says, 
are you doing anything? Well, no, I'm not doing it. Do you want to go roll? So so Zach joined us. We went down to River City Roll. It wasn't an official rematch. Nothing was on the line. Um, I bowled a 160. I mopped the floor with everybody. That's not the point of the story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, it they, is. They know, what, they know what's mentioning. coming when something's on the line. Just It was important to let everybody know That's right. uh, who, who's, who's, who's the boss at, <laughs> at the, of the pens. Um, but what, what where we're building to is um, what a friend of the show – uh, who who works in beverage distributing came by River City Roll during the show uh, to distribute some beverages to River City Roll. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. We love a good Bud Light every now and then. And um, he was just so excited. Um, he came over and, and like he had been listening. He knew we were all at River City Roll, and, and he comes over like you know like I'm not famous enough to like people stop me everywhere I go. So you know you get, get noticed like you get a little you know a little you know a little giddy up in your step right you, you guys <laughs> is this a wide radio yeah yeah you know he goes which one of you is stub oh. and, uh, oh. i no said well, stub's not here he's 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 back at the studio producing and I, it was like i told him santa wasn't real i mean just <laughs> uh, what do you want to say hi to Awad or me or, or Zach who run, you know, runs Odyssey Richmond in, in our stations. I, yeah, he's kind of hoping Stubb was there. Um, <laughs> How sweet is that? You got a fan, Stubb. <laughs> I did not. I did not get one of my friends to go out and do that. I just wanted to put it out there. I did not tell them to do that. <laughs> no, you got a fan club, man. The the the, the Stubb Nation is real. What was uh, what was their name? Uh, Adam, what what was who was it? Who who dropped by River City Roll? Trey. Well, shout Trey, out Trey. to Trey. Yeah, Trey's from Stubb. Yeah. Big shout Trey, out to Trey. Trey's our guy. Shout out to Trey. Um, love. You know, we we'll always love it when people uh, people come up and say hey to us. But we'll bring Stubb next time. Uh, we'll we'll get Stubb out of the office uh, so he can go greet his uh, greet his fans, greet his people. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, awesome. the Stubb uh, the Stubb experience. The Stubb experience. Uh, <laughs> as it will. You're uh, you're dismissed, Stubb, to go go get ready for AWOD Radio. Three hours AWOD Radio <laughs> is 56 minutes away. I know you got stuff to do to get ready, but I, th- I thought you'd want to sit in for that and uh, and hear that story. He just um, he just nodded heavily and took his headphones off. Stubbs about his business. I don't know Stubbs if you know this. It's three hours of AWOD radio, man. That's stuff doesn't produce itself. That stuff does not produce itself. Uh two thirty today, live, uh Dan Quinn, introductory press conference. Uh maybe with special friends, special guests, uh Cliff Kingsbury. Who who's to say? Uh the whole thing's kinda wild. I if they know what's good for them, Cliff will be there. Uh, they know what's good for them, by the way. That's a professional operation now. Because um, Cliff is exciting. Uh, and, and look, you know this. Uh, I'm tired of swinging at the Dan Quinn pinata because I, I think he's a really good dude. Uh, third Tribe Pride coach, William & Mary Ties in the NFL, joining uh, Tomlin and McDermott, of course. He was an assistant there for a year. Also VMI Ties. I I told my story Friday of, of, of you know chatting with him at the league meetings. Uh, just just. I, I've had nothing but positive experiences with them and I, him, and I want to like him, and I'm rooting for his success. But in terms of splash and introductions, uh, I think Kingsbury's far more exciting, and, and people want to talk about Cliff Kingsbury being the offensive coordinator and what he could do with a number two overall draft pick at quarterback, or what can he do with Sam Howell, or you know, would would they trade up for Caleb Williams? Because he now you got a Caleb Williams guy inside the building, you got some insight, uh, all those all those things. So. I think that's important as well to 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 have him out there to provide that juice, provide that excitement. I I I don't think it'll work. Um, I, look, I'm all for taking swings, though. They're taking a swing, uh, and, and we'll see what happens. What bothered me over the weekend was the playing in the mud. Uh, it, look, this whole this organization, this group, uh, their whole thing is we're not Dan Snyder. That's it. That's the calling card. That's the business card. We're not Dan Snyder. It felt like Dan Snyder over the weekend. You had a little mudslinging. Uh, and look, that that stings uh, when, when you get rejected when you're on the plane and you miss out on Mike McDonald and you got quotes saying they're basketball guys and they don't know what they're doing. And Look, how much will this impact Ben Johnson long term? Zero. None. Um, if he wants a job next year, he's going to get a job because he's, he's young and a hot name. Uh, and all those things, uh, but you're not going to get a job in Washington. Uh, that that bridge is burned for sure. Uh, I just I I hate playing in the mud. Uh, I thought we were beyond that. I thought as an organization uh, they were beyond that, and, and now here we are back in the mud. Uh, you, you didn't get what you wanted. That's 
that's life. There's 32 of these teams. It's a zero-sum game. Uh, that That's what they're doing. That Everybody's trying to get the top talent. Everybody's trying to lock up. The Ben Johnson thing does not bother me nearly as much as not getting Mike McDonald. Uh, I think that's a – you needed to know Ben Johnson wasn't going to work earlier so that you could go harder down that Mike McDonald road because that would have been a big, splashy get. Uh, that would have been the press conference everybody wanted to see. Uh, would have been the Mike McDonald. His wife was a Redskins cheerleader. Uh, he's got ties to the area. He's young. He's exciting. He's the Sean McVay of defense, whatever that whatever that means. And it may not mean anything. He may not have success in Seattle. But that you know, if you find out the Ben Johnson door is closed sooner, you can get your number two choice and, and I think sell that really well. Uh, instead, you end up with Dan Quinn. And look, he's the caretaker now. What matters is who do you take at number two or do you trade out at number two? And what does Cliff Kingsbury do with them in an offense? And has he learned? I uh, had a little little go rounds on the uh, on the X on the on the Twitter over the weekend. I said, hey, look, I just don't get Cliff Kingsbury. Our guy Craig Hoffman gave me a great line. He said uh, that man has taken being good looking as far as you're legally allowed. Uh, I don't know that that's a hundred percent of it. I just think like he has coached great quarterbacks. I don't think that means he's made great quarterbacks better. Uh, like the sizzle reel's good, right? He's, when you put the video on social media, hey, look who we got. It's it's that guy and Patrick Mahomes like that's that's my guy and you know Johnny Manziel's like that's my guy um you know Caleb Williams that's my guy uh that's great that doesn't run an NFL offense for 17 weeks and I have big long term concerns about his ability to run a sustainable NFL offense that said I'll, I would have rather had Chip Kelly but I'm I'm not a first first choice or nothing guy I'm open minded. Uh, he, he's got the ability to learn. I'll tell you what I really want to find out about. What happened on that trip to Thailand? That's the actual question I've got for Cliff Kingsbury. I got a lot of other questions, too. and I think he's really sharp, and I think this offense will, will be noticeably better out of the gate because of his offensive wizardry. My, my first question, though, when he was fired as coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Peter Schrager at Fox Sports uh, tweeted out he's bought a one-way ticket to Thailand with his girlfriend. He's going to hang out there for a little while. Uh, his girlfriend's an influencer. She's got a million Instagram followers. Uh, I'm not pointing at her. Um, Adam turned and looked as I pointed. I, she's not here. Um, we'll see if we can line her up as a guest. Um, but she then posted pictures of herself on the beach in Thailand for the next month. He was never in the pictures, but he's like, okay, so this is real. Then Schrager broke the story yesterday that, that Kingsbury's coming, which tells me he's got an in with the guy, and there was probably some truth to that story. I don't think he's ever addressed it publicly that I can find. That's I will ask that question. I will get to the bottom of that, uh, what happened in Thailand when he uh, when he cleared his mind. and when, like That's kind of a little bit of like American Dream kind of stuff, right? Like you get fired, they pay you $10 million to leave. You buy a one-way ticket to, to the beach and hang out at the beach for, for a couple months clearing your head. I want to know about that trip. That's uh, that's what I got. I had a wild trip out here. Um, we'll take this segment long because AWOD's here. So AWOD and I, we're, we're in Vegas. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. Um, we made some plans. We were going to go walk up and down the strip, have some Bud Lights, acclimate ourselves. Um, that was predicated on, it was an early, you know, we had a busy Saturday, VCUUR, I was at the RVA Sports Awards, it was a fun night, uh, that was predicated on, on us sleeping on the plane, which was a lock for me, by the way, on, on, on the betting sites, that was minus a thousand, the plane takes off, your boy goes to sleep, like clockwork, man, I, I just do, um, it, it's, it's a gift, instead, I, I'm sitting next to a couple people, and, um, they've asked me not to say, their names or where they work, but they work together because uh, they're calling in sick today. Uh, they're calling in sick so they can go to Vegas and hang out. And I fell asleep for a minute. I pop up and I know they were shuffling a deck of cards. And if there's one thing your boy likes more than sleeping, it's card games. It's, you know, the the girl says, "Hey, do you do you want in?" I said, "I always want in." What are we doing? We're playing some rummy. Um, so so it's, it's a guy and a girl. They're not dating. They just work together, and they're going to Vegas together. Uh, that That's their story. Uh, that's You said that's the most Richmond thing ever, um, which I completely agree with. That's very Richmond. Uh, just, just two coworkers taking a Vegas trip together, uh, not dating. Um, 
So we played rummy the whole time, had 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 a few Bud Lights on the plane. Uh, so we land, and Adam's like, I'm refreshed. I, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm like, I got a nap, man. Like, I've, I've lived my life. Uh, but we, we rebounded. We reconnected. Uh, had some Bud Lights. Uh, went went to the sports book. Went out for some Thai food. Uh, lived, lived our best lives out here. Night one in the books. Uh, four more to go. I'm excited to see what Vegas has for us. Uh, here on Bud Light Big Game Week. Already two great interviews. Uh, Dan Quinn gets introduced live at 2.30 today. A lot of people are going to be uh, uh, a lot of people going to be asking a lot of questions. I'm excited for this one in a way I'm not normally excited for an introductory coach press conference. Uh, that's the commander scene. Uh, I've gone too long without talking to URVCU, so we are going to do that. We'll play you some Ryan Odom clips uh, from his postgame interview with Robbie and Rodney, uh, hear from Max Shulga, all that and more on the other side of the break. Thank you for joining us on this Monday morning. It's MP on the mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. All right, we are back. It's Super Bowl week. We're in Las Vegas, and we wanted to bring on an actual expert uh, in the world of poker. Her name's Maria Konnikova. Um, you know her from The New Yorker, the Malcolm Gladwell podcast, and, of course, all sorts of books, including her book, The Biggest Bluff, where she became an actual poker star. Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so... I love poker. I love watching it on TV. We're here in Vegas. I'm, I'm a football reporter by trade. We're here at the Super Bowl. We're in Las Vegas. I, I, I want to play, so I, I want to start with this. What, <laughs> what advice do you have for me when, when I go out into the casino and, and I start playing? Well, I would say that, first of all, make sure that you choose a good game. People really undervalue game selection when they're going to play in a casino. They'll just sit down anywhere. So what I would say is, First, so you're you're not a big poker player, right? I mean, like I I play at home. I play with friends. I this is new to me, though. I'm I'm, I'm not going. You, <laughs> uh, we're not going for ten dollar big blinds here. We're not we're not in that world. All right, right. So <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna try to pick a game with manageable blinds and a manageable buy-in. You know, you're a one-three game, something like that, with people who are here for the Super Bowl. Because if they're here for the Super Bowl, that means they're not <laughs> poker players, right? There we go. There we go. <laughs> In poker, one of the most important things is finding places where you actually have an edge. And a really nice way of doing that, you know, there are professional players who actually try to figure out, okay, where are the conventions in Las Vegas this weekend? Because those those are the casinos where I want to play. That's where I want to sit down <laughs> because those are the people who are there to have a good time, looking to blow off a little steam, and I can get their money. Because poker is a very wonderful, convivial thing, and it can be very a you know, positive sum in that sense. But at the end of the day, you're also there to win money, right? So so that's an important consideration. And I would say also don't go crazy. You know, if you do well the first night, that doesn't mean that you should suddenly move up and start playing, you know, the 2-5 game or the 5-10 mm -hmm. game because you did so well. That's another thing. That's a very common psychological fallacy. When you suddenly are running well, you think, oh, you know, I'm actually probably better than I think I am. Um, than I thought I was before. And so let me try a little bit higher. I would caution you not to do that and to actually just stay where you feel comfortable, where your bankroll feels comfortable. That's one of the most important pieces of advice that my own coach, Eric Seidel, gave me when I was just starting out. Bankroll management, bankroll management, bankroll <laughs> management. Right? Don't, don't don't play higher no matter how enticing it might seem. I love it. You're already coaching me on what to do with my winning. So so I need to figure out where people <laughs> See, like exactly, me Exactly. You're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You need to have, have a positive attitude. That's actually, you know, it, as a psychologist, um, I, I want to say that that's not that that's not crap. That's actually true. Like having a positive attitude, being confident, can really go a long way. Now, there's a fine line between confidence and overconfidence, which is why I told you, you know, don't start going up in stakes, don't start getting too too wrapped up in it. But confidence is really good because it will allow you to project a confident image at the table. It will allow you to pull off bluffs and moves that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. And a lot of poker is like life. You know, when you project confidence, people respect that. 
in life, you know, you don't actually have to have the goods as long as people think you have the goods, then they'll respect you and you'll be able to get away with a lot. <laughs> That's fantastic. Maria Konnikova, the book's The Biggest Bluff. Um, now, you you had a lot of lives before poker. Um, I read the book. I love yeah. the book. And then it kind of drops off. You know, you, you, you've you learned these things. You've played in, in the main event at the World Series of Poker. Since then, you've you've continued to play. That This, this is kind of your mm-hmm. thing now. It is. It is. So I, um, I'm still a writer um, and a poker player. So those are two lives that you know, kind of go hand in hand. And it's very easy to, to do both at once. Because as a writer, I've always been a nomad. I've always traveled the world and done my writing from anywhere. And poker is a lifestyle that's very amenable to that. Um, so right now, I'm actually working on my next book, which is about cheating in games. So it's very poker adjacent. And Ooh, actually, yeah. some of the stories that I that I talk about um, are in the poker world. Um, and I re-signed with PokerStars um, as an ambassador. So I'm working with them as well um, to help bring more legal poker to the United States and um, also to just spread poker in the good sense um, in, you know, in Europe and, and throughout the world. And what I mean by poker in the good sense is poker in the sense of it's a skill game, right? It's, we're not talking about gambling. That's what my book is about. Um, and that's why I still love the game because it's still teaching me decision-making skills. It's still teaching me about myself and it's just a treasure trove of psychology. I love it. And that's right. Every other game in the casino here in Vegas, the, the house is going to win eventually, but it, but in poker, yep. you're, you're playing against each other to a large extent. Um, That's exactly right. So poker is actually the only skill game inside a casino. And what I always tell people who say, oh, but isn't it just gambling? I say, well, no, because in poker, you do not have to have the best hand to win. You can win with the worst hand if you're the better player. And if you have the best hand, you might lose if you get outplayed. And that's simply not true of any other game in a casino where you have to have the best hand to win, right? Because there's that's kind of, the, that's the thing. Um, and those are all games of gambling where the house always has an edge. Um, and in poker, you're, you might have an edge and the players with the biggest edge are going to win. And there's so much work that's been done that shows that professional players, the players that are good, do have an edge and end up winning a pretty large uh, amount over time. All right, Maria Konnikova joining us. Thanks for making some time. We're going to have to start the fan book club here. We don't we don't have a book club at Sports Radio. <laughs> we'll start a book club. You can read The Biggest Bluff, her book. So you, you told me I, I got I to gotta project confidence. Here's the problem, Maria. Yes. Uh, I'm not confident. Uh, I'm not confident at all. <laughs> Help me out here. How do I do this? Well, you can do you can do some mindfulness exercises. You can just, before you go play, you know, close your eyes, do some deep breath work and say, I'm going to do well. And if I'm not, right, if I flounder, if things don't go my way, I am just going to take a deep breath and reset and focus on what I can control. And that's the beauty of poker, right? There's always, there's always everything that's in your control, which is what you can actually do to improve next time. So if you make the right play and the cards don't go against you and you end up losing, a lot of people will start focusing on that and letting that get to their confidence. But you, Michael, are going to be different. You're going to say, that was not my fault. (laughs) I did the right thing. So let me focus on playing well. And, you know, after after a loss, I'm just going to reset and take it hand by hand and do what I can do which is control my own actions, control how I bet, control how I react, and all that other stuff that's just noise. You know, lo- so I'm not going to let it get to me. <laughs> I love it. I guess that means i got to be reasonable with the free drinks, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. You know what? Um, I, I personally never drink when I play, and I think that most professionals don't. But I also urge you to remember that you're here for the Super Bowl. You know, have fun. Right. It's not it's not life or death. And that's why we're playing lower stakes where you're not going to go broke. So you're only wagering what you can afford to lose. And you can have a few drinks and unwind if that's going to make your experience better, because at the end of the day, we want you to win money. But we also want you to have fun. I love it so much. Uh, thank you for joining us. Maria Konnikova. The book is The Biggest Bluff. Uh, we, we're one day in in Vegas. We're going to have a great week. We're here for the Super Bowl. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for taking some time to join us today. Thank you so much for having me, yeah. and good luck at the tables. I appreciate it. We're back with more after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan. We're now 1051.
All right, thrilling morning out here in Vegas. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. Everybody's getting rolling. Uh, everybody's rolling in. We're we're kind of we're first out of the gate here because it's a West Coast Super Bowl, right? Uh, so everybody's slowly trickling in, setting up. Not a lot of early morning shows out here. Um, it's my guy Zach Berman walking by there. Um, he's he's carrying a big. That's a big. That, like that needs a roller on it. He's got essentially an entire suitcase, but he's just holding it. It doesn't have a roller or anything. I don't. I don't know what's going on in Philly. We we need to get the Philly people rollers. That's 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 what I know about that. Uh, tons of college basketball happening back home, though. URVCU was a blast. Great crowd on Saturday at the Siegel Center. Uh, I leave feeling optimistic about both teams. We'll circle back on that in a second. UVA uh, and Tech, uh, both uh, in Miami back to back against our state teams this weekend. Uh, let's start with the Hokies, uh, who I don't think we're going to be talking about a lot the rest of the way. Uh, up up 10 against Miami on the road, chance to pick up one of those quad ones. And it's never over in the ACC. You've always got another chance at a quad one, another chance to prove yourself, another chance to you know get, get that net a little bit higher. Um, but it just felt like a real lost week for the Hokies to, to be up the way the turnovers are biting them. Uh, they're five and six in ACC play now, and I, I just don't see a, a path for them uh, you know, and look, they, they've still got they've still got winnable games. They got Notre Dame twice on the schedule. Um, they they've got Louisville still on the schedule. There are, there are wins on the schedule, but in terms of the the good wins and the distinguishing wins and, and a path to above five hundred, it doesn't look great right now for the Hokies. And and that's on them. Uh, that's on them because w- what you had was a, a ten point second half lead on the road, and and they didn't close, and the turnovers continue to bite them. Uh, here was Mike Young, coach of the Hokies. Uh, you heard it right here in the Odyssey family in Richmond. Uh, this was his post-game uh, comment on how the game went. You you can hear this in his voice. You went back into the team. Just your initial thoughts on tonight's game. <laughs> Up five with the ball, 65-60, I think it was, and uh, we uh, we have a turnover. Um, Second year in a row, we've come down here and have led for the majority of the game. Had every shot in the world to uh, to win. Um, they're awfully explosive. We knew they'd make a couple runs at us. They made a couple early in the second half. Right back, we came with a couple of big shots and did very well defensively, uh, but uh, but not enough. It's uh yeah, you heard it. That's two chances last week. Uh, host and Duke at Miami, both both quad ones. The all important quad ones. When they uh, when they tally it up, when they see uh, see what's going to happen there, and uh, it wasn't wasn't meant to be uh, for the Hokies this year. Uh, lots of turnovers, never quite got that corral, never quite got that in line. Uh, they, they'll have opportunities to bounce back, but this was a big week, and uh, we're we're into February now. It's February fifth, and I said last week, I said you know we still don't know how this season's going to shake out, but we're going to get a lot of clarity, and I fear we got our clarity. Uh, for the Virginia Tech Hokies. Other side of that coin, the Cavaliers, the UVA Wahoos, uh, took care of business at Clemson. Still issues with closing games. Uh, forever, forever issues with closing games. Uh, I turned. I was at I was at URVCU and I had it on on my computer, kind of glancing at it. And they were up four, and then uh, they they get that great rebound uh, with with you know under a minute left and you're like all right we're done here and then I turn and look and it was a one point win and Clemson had a shot at it um never uh never a dull moment uh for UVA Jordan Jordan Miner's in there like fighting for the rebound and then Ryan Dunn just comes in Ryan Dunn was so good over the last ten minutes Ryan Dunn's so good he's going to be in the NBA next year obviously Ryan Dunn just comes in like two centers like two big men battling for the ball Jordan Miner's coming to his own and Ryan Dunn's like I'm going to take that now. Because I'm the best player on the court, and I, I, we're done here, and I'm going to make sure of that. Uh, so props, props to Ryan Dunn, props to UVA. Uh, big game tonight. They've got Miami at home. They don't need it, but if they get it, we're talking about them at, as as a top three ACC team. Well, UNC, Duke, uh, and I think UVA can put itself in that club with a win tonight. Uh, be talked about as a top 25 team, as a national team. Uh, whatever it is, I, I you know that that marks success in the ACC right now, which is which is in a transitional period for sure. Uh, but but they can be in that club tonight. UNC, of course, rolling. Armando Baycock got the job done against Duke 
on Saturday night. Uh, 7 o'clock, uh, who's talking tonight? 6 o'clock tonight right here, 910 to Fan, 105.1 FM, right after Grant and Danny. Uh, Grant's down here with us at the Super Bowl. Uh, so so live from the Super Bowl all day. I'll hand off to AWOD. AWOD will hand off to Grant and Danny. Uh, we're all just right here hanging out at the Mandalay Bay uh, at uh, Bud Light Big Game Week. And uh, who's talking takes over at 6. That will essentially serve as your pregame show for the UVA-Miami tip at 7. Uh, my guy Frank Maloney hit me up this morning. He said they're going to have Jim Hobgood on live from JPJ. Give him a little update, a little feel, a little color uh, in the lead-up to the game. So that will be exciting. Uh, also, David Deck has previewed the lacrosse season. Uh, UVA is going to start number 3 nationally in lacrosse. Always a powerhouse there. Uh, and Dave Glenn the famous Dave Glenn of uh, Dave Glenn Sports Report fame down in North Carolina. I'll break down the ACC hoop scene uh, as we get uh, as we get down to crunch time, as we get down to uh, the tournament coming up uh, very, very soon. Uh, but the big one locally, well, yeah, one more, one more shout-out for Randolph-Macon because uh, Randolph-Macon took down Hampton-Sydney on the road, number one team in America. Uh, that's, that's one of those if-not-now-win moments, right? Everything lines up for, for Hampton-Sydney. You're number one, sellout crowd, home, you, this team you've been trying to beat in the ODAC forever, and they get you anyway. Those are the frustrating losses, but uh, props to the Jackets. Uh, a fun atmosphere down there. Uh, always love hearing about uh, local success in both those teams. Phenomenally successful this season. We were down at URVCU at, at the Siegel Center, sold out. My, my fears did not come to pass. Uh, it was a great crowd. Uh, it was it was almost all VCU. They were loaded. They were in it from the get-go. You forget how big of a difference it is when that place is sold out because we haven't really had a true sellout like that in a long time. It was an absolute difference maker. And uh, Toby Lawal, also a difference maker. Here's uh, here's Toby Lawal. Zeb dribbles baseline, almost stepped on the sideline, gets to Nelson. Nelson feeds it all the way to Lawal. He catches, and Lawal talks, and he's fouled. And then one for Toby Lawal as Tyler Harris commits the cardinal sin of fouling Lawal as his height at the dunk, and the Rams lead at 60-52 to 52 on the Lawal flush. You're just waiting all day for them to pull away. Uh, everything Ryan Odom wanted, the boxing out was there, the toughness was there inside, and then finally they, they, they get the points to go with it. Uh, here is Ryan Odom after the game with Rodney. And, Robbie, you heard it right here on 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. I think he's, he was ready to go, you know, without, without question. I mean, he was ready to go at St. Bonaventure too, but he couldn't sustain it. And the key is to sustain it, right, and, uh, and continue. And we didn't let our offense dictate how we were feeling on defense. You know, I think that's a huge thing. And sometimes that can happen. You know, we've had games this year where Boise State was one of them, right? Our, we, we were both – it was kind of like this game in a lot of ways. Uh, both teams were struggling to score, and you kind of go into halftime. I think we were up two or down two or something at Boise. We might have been up to in a similar situation. And, um, you know, we talked about it at halftime. Like, what are we going to do? Like, you know, I think we've got we'll – sorry, we've got, we've got good leadership in there, and the guys understand – you know, uh, where we can fall short at times, right? And uh, certainly tonight we did not. That's a team that knows itself, and uh, that's a team that responded to the immense frustrations of their coach after a really bad loss to St. Bonaventure. That's a palate cleanser. That's a palate cleanser win. Uh, get get the taste of St. Bonnie's out of your mouth. Uh, that's that's an important one to, to get the palate clean after, uh, after a bad loss to St. Bonaventure, come home, beat an undefeated in-city rival. Uh, right right there at the Siegel Center in front of a great crowd, a little Saturday matinee. Uh, that will cover over a lot of uh, a, a lot of what went wrong so far this season. So uh, you, VCU, look, I, I, they're not in the tournament. They're not in at-large. They're still going to have to win in Brooklyn. But those are the wins that keep the fans engaged, right? We talked about this during Hokie football. You got that game against Pitt. Things aren't going great. You win in front of a big, rowdy home crowd. You keep them engaged. You keep them in. And those crowds were so important to the Hokies, both on the field this year and also for their recruiting efforts to bring everybody back. Uh, it was so important to put some of those wins at the bank in front of big home crowds. Keep that support. Keep that sustainable success that they've got down there. Uh, you, you do that when you get good crowds like that. Uh, VCU. That's what they need. They need big sold-out crowds. Everybody leaves. Everybody gets sent into the night feeling happy, feeling good about the Rams, about where they're at, uh, and and certainly uh, lots to like at UR as well. Some great athletes on that team. Uh, VCU, 
VCU's got it, got it in for them when they go back to the Robin Center because uh, that, that's a UR team that I, I think is going to go back to the drawing board. They win ugly. Uh, that seems to be their only mode of winning. Uh, but if they can find a way to create a little bit of offense here and there, I do think that's a dangerous team, and I think their path to an at-large remains open. Of course, we'll see what happens down the line in this NFL season. We're a step aside it's, er, in this college basketball season. Uh, I was looking at the next segment already. Uh, we got there. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. Uh, sun's up. Radio Rose coming to life out here in Las Vegas. We're back in the desert. After this, you're listening to 910 The Fan, not 105.1 FM. FM. 11.31 on the East Coast, 8.31 out here in Las Vegas. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. This place is coming to life. We're, uh, we're opening it up. The Andy Reid lookalike just walked by. <laughs> That's how you know it's Super Bowl week. Uh, you guys, it wouldn't be a Chiefs Super Bowl without the Andy Reid lookalike uh, making the rounds here. Uh, it's radio, though, so there's really no uh, – unless he does a good voicer, I don't, I don't know that there's value and having the Andy Reid look alike. It's Radio Row, but around the outside is all the television stations, and that's what I think is really cool about this. You, you know, you've got DraftKings and FanDuel, CBS Sports, the Fox Sports Radio, to Pro Football Talk, to the Pat McAfee Show. Like, all of the big shows that everyone watches on TV are all going to be broadcasting here from the outside while we're sitting on the inside. Yeah, they call it Radio Row, but there, there's podcasts here. There's uh, there's a little bit of everybody here. Uh, yep. Radio's kind of a misnomer these days. We do it all, too. We you know search AWOD Radio or MP on the mic, grab our podcasts each day if you miss any part of the show. Or, of course, the free Odyssey app. It's live. It's got the rewind button. It's got all the good things. Yeah. You know what I also like? Like the producer in me is coming out and all the technology here. You're, like you're a, lot a, you're of a tech these guy. Shows, I am a tech guy. Yeah. Because like, I used to do Watch the Junkies. So all these little setups here have like the, these tripods and cameras, and they're creating their own background with TVs, images, and stuff. And it, it really does look cool. I mean, it's just kind of fun to walk around and hang out and, and meet a few people. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be a big week. And this is – so I was in L.A. last year, and this is probably 30 to 40% bigger. Oh, wow. Than the, than the L.A. one was. Yeah. Uh, there, there's way more juice here. Uh, and I'm not surprised. I think a lot of people have had this circled for a long time as being a, a big Super Bowl to go to and, and that the hotel prices speak for themselves. You're in the big Doritos chip. How's I the, am. I love it. How's the big Doritos chip? It's amazing. Right? Uh, it's just really – I don't know if you can come to Vegas and just hate your hotel unless it's nasty and disgusting. I've, I've pulled it off before. I've, My, I've done it. There's nothing wrong with the Luxor. It's not dirty or anything. I know people were saying, oh, I can't believe they're putting the media there. I really like it, but my favorite thing about it is the mall that connects us to the Mandalay Bay. It, I was telling you, it feels like a fancy airport with bars and restaurants in between. It, it's nice. Um, that that mall there is where Pete Rose used to sign autographs. Oh, for really? like a, he, he had a little table and he would just sit in that hallway. You could walk by, pay, pay Pete Rose 100 bucks, like get a picture with him or, yeah. or an autograph. He was exiled to Vegas uh, for the cardinal sin of gambling. Uh, as we look around and see the big DraftKings display, the big FanDuel display, yep. the, the Pat McAfee's obviously, uh, he, he was part of that, that for a while. Uh, things have changed. Uh, now we do the whole Super Bowl from Las Vegas. But they turned the Luxor, the Egyptian pyramid, into a Doritos chip. And you're in the pyramid, which I'm, I'm pumped about. I'm in the Because there's pyramid. like a little like – the, the loser wing, right? Yeah, like right. You go to the airport like, oh, you're in Concourse E, you know, like that's where the tiny planes are. They're, the Luxor's got one of those too, but you're in the pyramid. Yeah. And you're right in the middle. It is confusing because there's four different elevators. There's the red elevator, the green, the gold, and the blue. I have to take the green, but that's how you know you're in the triangle. I have a stupid question. Yes. Do the elevators go up and down or diagonally? The elevators, it's so my elevator only goes between the second floor and the seventh floor. Okay. So the other elevators, I think, go from 8 to 15 and stuff like that. So, like, you have to go to a certain corner to get to the top of the pyramid. But does the elevator go vertically up and down? It goes vertically. Yes, it goes vertically. It's not a side. But then each of the rooms, like, the next floor is, like, slightly over top of the other one looking over the the downstairs. So you have a wall that is slanted. Yes. Yeah. One of your <laughs> one of the walls in your room is. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Is the pyramid. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I live in like King Tut out here. It, it I almost love. Looks like the little the little attic that uh, Harry Potter used to live in. Okay. Right? Like it's like that. It's slanted <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's fantastic. AWOD Radio up at noon. Of course, he'll play Dan Quinn's introductory press conference live at two thirty today. You're not yeah. going to want to miss that. What What do you want to hear? From Josh Harris and Dan Quinn 
What do you want to hear about at today's press conference? I want to hear Dan Quinn's plan to fix this defense. All right. Does he is he going to say, yeah, I like Emmanuel Forbes. I like Jamin Davis. I like Benjamin St. Juice. Or is he going to talk about some people that he likes in the draft? Is he going to talk about some free agents that were maybe in Dallas that he wants to bring in here? I'm excited to hear Dan Quinn focus on the defensive side of the ball. Now, you were talking on your show, if they do it right, Cliff Kingsbury will be there. I don't know that he's going to be there. It feels like it's too quick of a turnaround. It's a very quick turnaround. I I don't know where he is, where he's coming from. Uh, Heard last night, and this wasn't my reporting, one of the the esteemed reporters said he still owns that house in Arizona. Yeah. Remember the draft house? Yeah. Beautiful house. I mean, he kind of out-McVeighed McVeigh at that draft because McVeigh was coming in with all the hype and, you know, his Super Bowl year in L.A. Um, He, like, young, you know young coach with with the house like you know Rams were in Malibu and they cut to him it's like oh like yeah they're neck and neck like this division is going to be like run by the young him Shanahan McVay well, the they're going to run that place the coolest thing about the Kingsbury hire is at one point he was the young hotshot that everyone thinks Ben Johnson is right now yeah right like at one point there was more, much more hype for Kingsbury than Ben Johnson he sure. earned that head coaching job in Arizona and look they they had a little bit of success at a time with with Kyler Murray and then ultimately couldn't figure it out he he has i mean born on third base thinks he hits a triple right like the the coaches he's gotten to the quarterback oh, so you're the very anti-kingsbury here look it might work it might not i, I love taking a swing but I, I i don't think it will work i just look at the track record he has worked with great people that doesn't matter in the nfl right. like well, also he's not could, a recruiter you could argue he was on his way to getting fired in texas tech and then patrick mahomes showed up there's no maybe about it right like what what good does being a recruiter do for you? Like he has been lucky enough to coach Patrick Mahomes. So you don't call him a quarterback whisperer because I have heard that name before. I've heard that too. I did. He was at USC this year with Caleb Williams. Yes. How'd Caleb do this year? Not very good. Not, Not very as good, good as last year Not very when good. he wasn't there. Not very good. Yeah. So all right. So tell me this then. So are you telling me that they completely failed in this hire? Well, with the Dan Quinn. That it was not their fault. It, you know, they had Ben Johnson circled, and Ben Johnson bailed on them. I'll go, I'll go to the mat saying they got screwed over by Ben Johnson. And because of that, they had to scramble. I, if Ben Johnson pulls out 24 hours earlier, this is just such a different game. Mike McDonald, if he's your guy, you don't let him leave town. Dan Quinn, you don't, don't make him go fly on American. But for the situation that we're in right now, I think Dan Quinn's better than a Mike McDonald. That is, you're swinging for the fences. I love swinging for the fences. You're swinging for 10 wins. Like, I want to swing for the fences. I feel like you're swinging for a quick fix with that. Dan Quinn's a guy that has experience. He's much more experienced than a guy like McDonald. He's got better connections, all right? And I I think McDonald might struggle to bring in a staff there in Seattle. There's no question about that. And that's why I like the Seattle gig for him in part, because he's got Pete Pete Carroll in the building. I think that will really benefit him immensely as he gets rolling. So you're kind of like the CBS Sports article I just read that gave Dan Quinn higher a D+. D+. I... It's nothing personal against Dan. I like Dan. Um, but is is this the way to go in the NFL in 2024? It, it sure doesn't seem so. And I don't want to fall into this group think of you have to have an offensive guy, you have to have a young guy, whatever. You know this. I was on the Vrabel train, and Vrabel without personnel authority, which it sounds like was not a possibility. So I acknowledge it was not a possibility. Uh, it, it just feels like we've got two guys who maybe – are insider wins, but not football. Like, everybody in football is going to line up to compliment this. Wow, they got Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury Redemption Tour starts right here. Look at what he's got to work with. He's going to get to work with Terry. He's going to get to work with the number two quarterback. He just he keeps falling up. That's Every time he works with a great quarterback, he gets to work with another great quarterback. How many good offensive minds are there that would kill to spend one year with a Mahomes or with a Murray or with a number two pick in the draft? Uh, and he just keep, keeps lining them up and, and keeps not turning in results. So are you convinced that Ben Johnson is the guy? Like, Ben Johnson is going to be one of the great offensive minds over the next 10 years. He's not going to fall off? No. Because I, I look no. at this situation in Washington, I think it's kind of similar to Detroit. You've got the leader of men, the Dan Campbell, the Dan Quinn, the Dans, yeah. Yeah. and you've got a strong offensive mind to run your offense. Your coach can actually be a leader and focus on the defensive side of the ball because you've got the young offensive mind. I guess what bothers me through this whole thing, and this isn't anybody's fault, but here's what bothers me. Ron Rivera was brought in here to do that. And and for four years, 
not like now we're right back. The problem is though, Ron Rivera was also the GM. Yes. Now they've solved a big problem yes. by bringing in Adam Peters. I'm pro this move. You're very anti it. I kind of uh, like how we're against each I other. I am. Yeah. And, and I look, it, it, it'll prove itself out on the field. What's your expectation for this year? Like right, right now, give me an over under on wins. I would say seven and a half. Okay, seven and a half. I look. I mean, look. We all said the, coming into this year, you gave them ten wins. We all said that this was a talented roster, and that Ron Rivera should be able to get them to five hundred. Yeah. He couldn't do that. And then a lot of people that I've had on the show last week said Dan Quinn guarantee wins more than four games well, with the same roster from last year. Yes, of course. Right. Yeah. Right. So the thing is, is that this was a team that was four and five and then stopped playing for their coach. If they're four and five next year, I think they finish out the season around 500. Maybe. I don't I don't think they threw in the towel, though. I think that's the scary part. I, I think the scary part is they didn't quit. That that that's what that's what worries me is not that they did quit, but that maybe they didn't quit. That's almost scarier. Yeah. Then you do have a true lack of talent. If, situation. They, if they truly didn't quit, you're right. I kind of think they did. And I also think that's better. That, that's that, better. that Ron Rivera could not coach the defense, and that's why you're going to be doing 50 push-ups on my show. Oh. And I'm going to love it. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> you're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. All right, great first show today. Bud Light Big Game Week here in Vegas. Uh, I love uh, my favorite guest so far. Maria Conoco, she's a, she's a pro poker player. She gave me some poker tips, um, so I'm going to go win a lot of money tonight. Uh, that's not what she said at all. She said, <laughs> she said essentially, the Sharks are swimming this week here, looking for guys like me. Um, so when you sit down at the table, like you're, go, you're not going to be sitting down like other tourists. Right. Like, that, the, the, shark, the Sharks are circling. Uh, super pumped, uh, Bo Brack is here. Uh, Bo works for uh, PHNX. It's part of the All City Network. That's right. uh, they're up. At, uh, our guy Zach Berman, who's been on, uh, does it up in Philly. Uh, you do it all the podcasts, the mm-hmm. videos. Uh, you guys do a great job. How long have you been at it? I've been doing this, uh, covering the Cardinals for about ten years, but with All City and PHNX for the last three years. It's so just it's starting. Been... It's just starting to blow up. You got in on the ground floor. That's right. No, I mean I got in when the when the Cardinals had detonate on their whole organization <laughs> last off season. Blew out Cliff Kingsbury and, and Steve Kime, their GM. All right, that's why Bo's here. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, you agree with me? And that's and it's unfortunate, right. but but go for it. No, I think that Cliff is is very his offensive scheme is very simplistic. I mean, what you know about the air raid, he's got three to four wide receiver sets, and really puts your quarterback in a compromising position. It it's not like what we're seeing on display this week with like the kind of the Shanahan ideals as far as the scheme goes, and that's really what you have to do. Like, I, there's some misconceptions about his offense. I think they're going to run the ball a little bit better, but they're never facing any stack boxes or anything like that. But the thing about Cliff is I think he kind of peaked in 2021. Him and Kyler Murray, they went 7-0 and to start the season, and then things fell apart. The league adjusted, and Cliff never adjusted back. And I think that's where he kind of falls short as far as a play caller. How, how was he? What did the players think of him? Was that, You hear, like, chill is one of the things you hear. I, yeah. I don't hear a lot of chill about NFL coaches. No. He, <laughs> you know, he's, he, as far as the head guy, he was a player's coach to a fault. Like, okay. He, he kind of let everybody kind of do their own thing, and he had the expectation that they were pros, and uh, things got out of hand. Like, once things, once things started to go south, he couldn't kind of right that ship. And I think that maybe being out of the head guy spot That'll help him. Like people like him. Like he's a very likable guy. He's a hard worker. He's in there at like three thirty in the morning, working on his on his abs and in his poolside <laughs> look. But at the same time, he's looking at film. But you don't see it play out on the field. You don't see all that time spent in the lab. You know, play out on, on the gridiron. We are rating the NFC West best looking talent. Adam Peters from San Francisco. Yeah, he's a the, snack. The McConkie of GMs. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. Now I'm just saying, we may not win on the field, well, but that's an off the field dub. And then you got you know Dan Quinn <laughs> trying to stay hip with the backwards hat. I think like he, he's keeping up. He's trying. Right? There you go. Hello, he, fellow kids. Like that's what <laughs> Dan Quinn's doing. As long as he brings the game and the leadership, I think that's what you need from DQ. I love it. Bo Brax here. He covers the Cardinals. Uh, Phoenix Sports, PHNX. Um, let me ask you about Kyler Murray before you bounce. Because sure. the, the national perspective, right, is like, well, you got to ride with Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and they gave him the contract. Where are we at on Kyler Murray and how he's viewed in Phoenix? In Phoenix, he's changed. Some, I mean, he's still kind of a polarizing subject, right? But uh, I think he's doing his best to change that perception. And, and locally, it's changing. Nationally, he's going to have to do a lot more as far as winning football games. And they're starting to create the infrastructure under new head coach Jonathan Gannon, who from the very jump, 
did what the previous regime did not do and kind of set him up to be successful and kind of empower him. But they, they really did set – like under Cliff, and you'll see this with whatever young quarterback they get in there, uh, there's too much hero ball. And I think what Petsing, their new offensive, their offensive coordinator from this season, did put him in a position, you know, have a good run game, good offensive line, and Kyler Murray with his skill set can be very productive. And I think that the Cardinals were like, okay, he's under contract, he needs to show us what we do believe to be true, and he did, and they're moving forward with him. What I like about it is the opposite of the Russell Wilson. Like the Russell Wilson is like, he's under contract, screw that. Like let's just eat fifty million in salary <laughs> right. cap or whatever. Like they're committed to making it work. And yeah. I think you know, you're, unless you're picking top three. You're not going to get that talent in the right. building again. Right. And, you know, I think that they made the decision very early on. Like, Gannon was bought in on Kyler Murray. He saw what Jalen Hurts did for him in Philly. Yeah. He saw very similar things that Kyler could do. And I think Kyler has better arm talent than Jalen Hurts, which can take them further. So, you know, knocking off the rust with the ACL and then playing in a system he's never played in under center, I think that it, it, there was some, some kind of learning curves, but he, he overcame them quickly. And down the stretch, you know, they beat Philly, they beat Pittsburgh, two playoff teams, and they should have beat Seattle in the finale, but thank God they didn't. Now they're in a prime <laughs> spot for Marvin Harrison Jr., another top prospect at four. I, everywhere you go, because we're sitting at two, obviously, mm-hmm. everywhere you go, it's like, look, you got to take a quarterback, but this kid's going to the Hall of Fame, right? right. Like, you've never heard so much buzz around a receiver where right. it's like, you just can't miss taking him. Right. It, it, it feels Peyton-esque for, like, the number four pick. It is wild, but, you know, and it's weird, like, you're going to book into 20 years between potentially getting Marvin Harrison Jr. in the Valley and then you had Larry Fitzgerald back in 04. That's kind of nice and That's poetic, cool. right? That's cool. But uh, it is qu- it's crazy that the top player potentially in this draft could be there at four. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Uh, Bo Brack, uh, we'll see you uh, we'll in the desert this year. Seems like we're in the desert every year. Yeah. Um, that that does seem to be a recurring matchup. May have something to do well, with those fourth uh, place games. Fourth, right? oh, oh, yeah, that's got it. That's got it. Um, we'll be excited to see you down there this year. We'll, we'll make sure to say hey. Yep. Uh, thank you for dropping by for a minute. No problem, man. Uh, all right, appreciate it. Bo Brack uh, covers the Arizona Cardinals for uh, Phoenix Sports, PHNX Sports, part of the All City Network. There was a there was a run where we were in Arizona. I think four times in three years because the Niners played their COVID games down there. And so we actually <laughs> had a double Arizona year one time. We know uh, we, we know our way around Phoenix uh, as, as the Commanders uh, affiliate. Of course, the Commanders games will be right here on 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM this year. And uh, just, that's the buzz as you go around here. The Commanders are a team with buzz, good and bad. Number two pick, what are they going to do with the quarterback? What's Cliff Kingsbury going to do? Uh, w- but also the the miss with Ben Johnson and Dan Quinn. I think that's you know that that's an old old Commanders uh, old Redskins story there that, that we're dealing with. Adam, I thought that guy had some really good information about Kingsbury, like really insightful stuff there. The people who don't like Radio Row are donks. Yeah, um, Radio Row is just the best. Somebody walks by is like. You covered Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona and know him better than anybody. Why don't you talk about him for four minutes on our radio program? Like, anybody who doesn't enjoy that doesn't like fun. Yeah. Uh, that, that's my official take on that as we, uh, as we do radio. Over as he was kind of uh, bringing Kingsbury down, right, for the fact that he hasn't adjusted, I kind of got more psyched for you, Cliff you, Kingsbury. This is I insane. am all in on Kingsbury, and here's another reason why, all <laughs> this right? This is insane. He's got another shot here. This is a redemption team. It's the team of retreads. This is what we do in America. You get knocked down, you get up again. You serve your time, you get a second chance. This is Kingsbury's second chance to try his offense in the league once again. And look, I like the fact that all he has to do is focus on offense. He's not the head coach anymore. This is absolute insanity, uh, but we'll see how it works. And we'll, uh, 2.30 today, Dan Quinn introduced live. You'll hear it during AWOD Radio. We have some house business to tend to, though. Uh, JC, I am going to need you to play clip number six. This is Max Shulga uh, chatting with our guys, Robbie and Rodney, uh, Rams Radio. You heard it right here on 910 The Fan Saturday. They, they beat UR. This is the postgame. Uh, clip number six here, Max Shulga uh, talk, talking about how many push-ups he can do. Yep. Uh, so it, we've got an internal bet here. Yes. Um, I owe you 50 push-ups from what can only be described as a completely embarrassing performance down the stretch by Ron Rivera's defense. Uh, but but we're not the only people out there talking about push-ups. No. Uh, and, and look, here's the thing with push-ups. It's like every every man should be able to do at least 15 or 20. That's what I would say, right? Like if you cannot do 10 to if you can't do double digits, you're out of shape. That, that, that's a measure of fitness. It, yes. It's a very specialized skill, though. Uh, it's a very specialized skill because, like, you could be buff, 
but also not a push-up. You could be a marathon runner and not be able to crank out 10. Yeah, and the thing is, sit-ups, you can kind of fake it, right? You don't have to go all the way up. Push-ups, you got to go down and then push your body back. There's no faking push-ups. You either have the skill or you don't have the skill. We're going to find out <laughs> if Michael has the skill on AWOD Radio. We've got a lot to get to here on the show live from Radio Row. It, it's going to be a ton of fun. Like Michael was saying, this place is starting to wake up. People are starting to come in here. I think we're going to get some special guests. So so here's the deal. I owe you 50 push-ups. Um, we've kn- I, I've known this for months. Um, <laughs> since, since the Jets loss, I've known that I was going to be doing 50 push-ups. A, a, a smarter, savvier, you know, fitter person would have spent that time practicing, would right. roll off 50 like it's nobody's business. I just want to promise you, the listener, I haven't done any amount <laughs> of practice uh, at all uh, <laughs> this year. So we, we don't have the Max Shulga clip. Um, Max Shulga was asked by Robbie and Rodney. We'll get the Max Shulga clip. I have faith in the producers at 910 The Fan. We're, we're not going to get it before this show's over because no. we've got a minute and a we'll half. We'll get it on my show. We'll get it on your show. Okay, yeah. great. Um, <laughs> Stub, Stub's going to make it happen. Oh, yeah. In, in Stub We Trust. In Stub, Stub We Trust. Stub fan clubs uh, hanging on. So we'll, we'll play the Max Shulga clip later. Um, they asked him how many push-ups he could do, and he said 65 to 70. Your reaction to that number? Well, he was. it was very like, Oh, yeah, no big deal. 65 or 70. That's my Ukrainian accent. No big deal. <laughs> and he just, like, he, he was so nonchalant about it. 65 or 70 is a lot. Like, I think I could probably do right now 35. That's what I would give myself, right. 35. I'm taking the under on you. Um, oh, I, I, oh, you want to challenge me, big dog? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I can match you push-up for push-up. I'm not worried about that. Um, it. <laughs> The thing is, though, that struck me as low, 65 or so. Like, really? I don't know. I thought, like, a you know, a prof- a, not a professional athlete, but a D1 I feel like this is what the they're doing. They're probably doing 50, break. You run run a yeah. suicide, run a ladder. 50, run a ladder. But, like, 50, in, in an know? empty the tank situation, you don't think he could get to 100? I don't know. It's not like Shulk has got the biggest biceps. If you watch a shot, there's a lot of uh, flicking the thumb there. You know, he's. It's not like he's got guns. I don't know. That's that's my thing as well. You can have a guy who can do 300 push-ups, but like he just jacked and like that. That's his only game. Like he couldn't run 100 yards. It's a very specialized skill. Most push-ups um, on the VCU team, I would bet Michael Bell. Um, I like that prediction. I think Firms maybe got something to say about it. Um, I could I could see him. He, you know, he's really he's working on that that strength and that. Oh, that body has has transformed yeah. since that last bo- year. That body, like maybe a year ago, I agree with you. I, I think my guy firm's got something to say. All right, I'm doing push-ups uh, live on Radio Rose, part of Bud Light Big Game Week during AWOD Radio. Um, I think I'm going to tap out at probably about 35. To be honest with you, I I don't think I'm making it to 50, but I I promise you this. I will give it my all. And I promise you this. You will pass out. You will be entertained. <laughs> uh, Dan Quinn at 2.30. AWOD Radio hands off to Grant and Danny. Noon to 3. Grant and Danny, 3 to 6. Who's talking? UVA pregame at 6. What a great day to be locked and loaded. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. We are back. It's Bud Light Big Game Week. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Out here at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Um, I've been out here a few times. Uh, I, I, I love the spot across the street from the Mandalay Bay here in Las Vegas. Uh, it is the Pinball Hall of Fame, and it's the least Vegas building here. Uh, I say that in, in good love and in good fun. Uh, it looks like a Walmart. It's just stuffed with pinball machines everywhere, and they're all playable. Uh, and the man behind that is Tim Arnold, and he joins us now. Tim, appreciate you taking a minute with us here on The Fan. Uh, tell us about how this came about, the Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. Okay. Well, it started out because I made a living for years operating pinball machines in arcades. And then when I quit doing that, I took all the really old machines that we had stacked up in a warehouse and loaded them on trucks and moved them out to Las Vegas and figured I'd open up a classic arcade museum, uh, train wreck on, on wheels, and <laughs> here, here it is. It's a bunch of pinball machines in a building. It's nothing fancy. It's not... Um, it's not, you know, carpet, and there's no bottle service, and there's no attractive women. It's just 
a bunch of old dudes who fiddle around with pinball machines all day. You, you, um, I mean, you, you, I guess, have collected all these over your career. Are, are these? Do people donate them? How do they? How do they end up there? Well, they come in from everywhere, and yes, we do buy some new ones from time to time because we have, you know, rent to pay and all that. You can't, you can't survive on old stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's never been a trick to to get old pinball machines because most of the time they don't work. They were purposefully designed to last between five and ten years and then fall over dead. Oh, wow. So that you'd have to buy a new one. It's like those rock and roll radio stations that you hate. They just play records for a while, and then when everybody's <laughs> tired of hearing them, they get some new records and play those. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it's a constant battle to keep the things going. And there's no parts. We have to make parts. We have to um, put in stamp computers to replace dead control boards and, you know, endless, endless workarounds. I'm still fixing 8-track tapes and um, tube monitors. Uh, they haven't made tube, tube monitors in 20 years, and I'm still fixing them. So <laughs> it's, it's a constant battle. Um, and it's, I guess, a labor of love, or I'm just too stupid to stop. I can't decide which. <laughs> uh, but it's worked out well because we now own the building free and clear, so that that means that we can donate our excess proceeds to local social service charities. It's kind of like a Kiwanis or a Lions Club, only really more geeky. And we uh, this last year we gave away $1.1 million to help the homeless and um, all that stuff, good stuff. Wow, so. that, that's that's absolutely fantastic. I'm uh, I'm proud to know that my uh, my quarters contributed to that. Last time I was in there, there was uh, what it, my my wife was with me. There there's a machine probably from you know the the 40s or 50s, and you had to hit like 10 lights and make 10 lights go out. And I played it. And I got eight of the lights. I'm like, all right, I'll play again. I got this. Uh, my wife can vouch for this story. We were probably standing there for like an hour because I I couldn't get all ten before the, before the ball went. It's it it's addictive, right? It's uh it's 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 still a ton of fun to play these old pinball machines. Yeah, yeah, and it's um it's also one of the few entertainment values left in Las Vegas because it costs you thirty five dollars to park, and if you want to get go to a show it's 200 bucks and here you can park for free you got no admission you walk in for free and half our games still cost a quarter so it's you know some through some weird set of circumstances we managed to figure out a way to do that it's uh, so so I you know you said you're not a sports guy I, one of the things I love there's tons of baseball themed pinball machines I, I guess is that just a product of that time and place in America and how hot baseball was because because it's tons of fun to to see the evolution of them throughout the years. Well, that's that's going a little far. That's two thousand pounds worth of fun. <laughs> so maybe back it down a little. Maybe a thousand pounds of fun. <laughs> there you but, go. Yeah, no, it's it's the baseball stuff um, until just recently where everything has to be licensed. Now you got to have some hit movie or TV show or something. Um, on every single thing you buy. But back in the day, the idea was you'd be in a bar or a bus station or something like that with some time to kill. You'd walk up to this game and you'd say, oh, I understand the rules of baseball. I can play this game. And you'd put in a coin, you play a game and have a little fun. Now you need a Ph.D. to figure out, you know, the complex rule set and the strategy and all that other stuff. But back in the day, the themes were easy to understand, things like bowling cards, uh, baseball, you know, so the average Joe could could understand it. I, I, I guess it's like asking about your children here, but uh, do, you, do you have a favorite? Do you have favorite machines to play or to, to tinker with? Uh, no, I'm completely over it. <laughs> um, I, I, do, you, do you go home and take a microphone and interview your cat? <laughs> of course you don't, because what you're doing right now is work. What I do is work. 
when I get out of here, I go play with my dog. I don't, I don't want to play pinball. I love it. I love it. Um, what, what is it that, uh, you know, what is it that keeps the lights on that keeps people coming back? Cause you, you're, you're right in the heart of Las Vegas. You're, you're right on the strip and, uh, you, you, you mentioned it. The Cirque du Soleil's there. U2's there. Uh, what, what keeps people coming back to, to pinball? Uh, because one, it's affordable. Like I say, there's a lot of people that have gotten a swelled head in the entertainment business, and they think everything should take a hundred dollars. If you leave <clears throat> leave the house and go to a movie with your family, it's no longer twenty dollar ride. It's up to about a hundred bucks now if you buy popcorn or snacks or anything like that. And Vegas shows you used to have, you know, cheap Vegas shows. There used to be cheap motel rooms, hotel rooms here in Vegas. You could get a $28 room at Circus Circus, and all that's gone. All of a sudden, everybody's chasing the, the high end of the entertainment market, and everybody forgot that there's a lot of people that just don't have that kind of money to throw around. I, I agree, and, and I'm glad you're there. I'm, I'm glad there's value. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for... Uh, for sharing with us a little bit about the Pinball Hall of Fame, uh, a great Vegas uh, spot, and uh, we'll uh, we'll do our best to try to drop by this week. All right, that was Tim Arnold, uh, founder of the Pinball Hall of Fame, right here in Las Vegas. <laughs> drop by. Uh, he he sounds like a fun fella. Uh, go go hang out with him if you're uh, if you're in the neighborhood. We'll do our best to get over here this week. It's a loaded week uh, tonight is media night. We'll get a chance to interview the players, the coaches, everybody else from the Chiefs and the 49ers. Tons of fun guests, tons of fun coming your way. Of course, lots of recap from the weekend, RVA Sports Awards, VCU, UR Basketball, all that good stuff. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 